Kia ora everyone, I'm Andrew Whiteside and welcome to my first interview for 2021. I honestly thought 2020 would go on forever, thankfully it hasn't. Today I'm talking with New Zealand theatre directors James Bell and Jason Moffat from the Shoreside Theatre in Auckland. They're putting on a new season of Shakespeare in the Park, which is now in its 25th year. As the name suggests, it's in the open air, which is great on these beautiful, sultry summer evenings we're experiencing in New Zealand. I began by asking Jason, what is it he loves about Shakespeare? Uh, I've come to directing uh, via performing, uh, and the thing I probably love the most about Shakespeare is connect, uh, the connection that he enables me to make with the audience um, as a performer. Uh, the the lovely soliloquies and uh, you know asides to the audience and stuff that he's puts throughout his plays and um you know I don't I can't think of many modern plays that allow you to make such a direct connection with the audience as what uh, Shakespeare does and the same for you James yeah um so I, I'm not a performer at all I've, I've sort of come to directing through sort of technical lighting and sound and sort of behind the scenes so I've seen lots of performances and I think what I love about Shakespeare is being able to take what people may have experienced as something really difficult in third form English class where everyone had to read a bit um, and make it really accessible so that, you know, the little six and seven-year-old kids who come along and come along and see the show, they know to boo for the bad guy and cheer for the good guys and they know they know what's happening because, you know, Shakespeare is a classic storyteller. You can't, you can't beat it. Because I have, I have a love-hate relationship with Shakespeare and I think partly it's because of that uh, experience in high school because sometimes you know I was, I was 13 14 when Romeo and Juliet watches Everelli's film and so it was you know film with teenage angst so it, you know could relate to it and the, the teacher made it interesting other ones you know several weeks of listening to the Royal Shakespeare Company on audio tape Antony and Cleopatra being bored out of my mind so I think you know how you're introduced to it how it's taught to you how it's presented to you is so important yeah it, Shakespeare has to be seen performed to be understood there's there's so much nuance in it um, and so much more that you get from seeing an actor presented on stage. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that I get the same feeling from watching the movie versions as well. It's, it's almost like trying to adapt a play. Well, it is trying to adapt a play for a movie. It, it sort of it misses something in the same way that, you know, a book adaptation of a movie is never quite the same experience as reading the book the first time. And I suppose is that because Shakespeare, even though there is action in it, it is really about the language. And the, the depth and the beauty of the language. And perhaps the film distracts from that, maybe. When you're in the theatre um, watching a play, uh, you've got full 360-degree view of the whole stage and all of the actors and everything that they're doing. And um, with, the, uh, with our direction, we can sort of direct you to sort of look at this part of the stage, this is where something's happening, and we can maybe have something else happening a bit over there. But with the uh, cinema, you're, you're limited, aren't you, in your view to what the camera is, well, what they've cut together. Um, so I suppose you, you don't get a full experience of a, of a play. It's more passive too, isn't it? You're, you're literally watching it, whereas when you're there with other people, 
It's, it's a very visceral experience. Yes. When Hamlet stands a metre away from you and says, oh, what a rogue and pleasant slave am I, he's talking to you. He's not talking to the camera or the 150 people that you're in the theatre with. And, of course, Shakespeare wrote these with people standing in front or sitting in front of the actors, not, not looking at a screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A flickering imagery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And, you know, I, the way that we uh, present Shakespeare uh, at... Uh, the Pump House Amphitheatre, um, um, half of the show is in daylight, uh, and then, of course, the sun sets and we're uh, in darkness, but um, the amphitheatre is quite w- well lit. Uh, we, as actors, see all of the faces of, you know, everyone in the audience uh, smiling and laughing or, or, or looking sad or what, ha- what have you. Um, and, yeah, we're able to smile and laugh with you and look it's a real uh, performance with the audience as opposed to uh, performing Shakespeare say in a darkened theatre which I've done from time to time and it's a little bit harder than uh, doing it we're all together and we can see each other. <clears throat> I noticed that when I've seen performances at the Globe which sadly has now gone <laughs> from yes. Auckland um, and Sometimes the actors have interacted with the audience. Something has happened, and sometimes the, the directors have got them to walk through. Sometimes the action takes place. But occasionally some of, the, some of the best moments have actually been these unscripted interactions with an audience member for whatever reason. I think once I saw it, somebody had actually had taken their cell phone and forgotten to turn it off. And so it created this really funny interaction that didn't impede the play at all. It actually made it, it, made it more human. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I think you, in a very real sense, I mean, at least for me, um, in this type of setting that we put, put, present these plays, the um, audience is an, is an active participant in the story. Um, they know, I mean, they don't suddenly jump up and say, he's the bad guy, he's, he's doing something terrible like uh, you would at a pantomime or something. But... Um, I feel like and the audience can feel that they're a part of this action and that we really are in Messina or we're in Elsinore and you're in the castle and all of this is happening or, you know, around you, but you're there. That's the way I see it, James. Yeah, very, very much so. I mean, we have the odd thing to contend with. We've got we're in the flight path of the uh, rescue helicopter coming to North Shore Hospital, so fun. You know, the, every so often a helicopter will, will hover overhead, and uh, or, or the geese will wander in. Or uh, the pump house used to have a cat who uh, used to like to come and make his presence known at the most dramatic moments of the play. Uh, he'd wander on stage, and so that it just all adds to the. You know, you don't get that at a movie. It's it's, it's the live experience, and you know, people react to it, or you know, um, make it a, a point of the play. So, James, you're uh, directing Hamlet. Yeah. So uh, what are you doing with the production that might be a little bit different, or is there anything you're enhancing with it? Um, oh, funny you say that. Uh, so Shawside Theatre's kind of thing is that we do we present the plays true to text and period, and, and the idea is to do them as close to how we think Shakespeare might have envisaged them as we can. Um, so we don't try and move them to 1920s or give them a Kiwi feel or, or anything like that. So, you know, the, the way, I, I suppose you could say the way that we, we sort of innovate or make them new and, and fresh is to make them traditional. Right. And that might sound sort of boring, but the idea is to make them accessible, is to just strip it back to the play as it was written um, so that people can really understand that 
without you know trying to uh, interpret some director's vision of oh we'll set this in you know nazi germany or, or something like that and look at all these clever themes i've thought of um shakespeare wrote a lot of clever themes himself and we just let those shine and i don't think um well probably many do but i think often we we overlook the fact that shakespeare contributed so much in terms of phrases and words into our modern day language i mean extraordinary so, so much so that i'm sure that probably in the 10 minutes that we've been sitting here we've probably used a phrase <laughs> or something that he actually coined it, it's incredible um i haven't yet found an opportunity to say out damn spot <laughs> <laughs> but and my cat isn't called spot so and i've let and i've forgotten to close the studio door so you know this cat could have wandered in <laughs> Um, so much ado about nothing, and I have to confess, I don't really know this play. It's one of it's one of the ones I haven't um, seen actually. So so tell me about it. What is it you like about it? And and are you doing something new, different, whatever? Yeah. Um, well, um, much ado about nothing is my favourite Shakespeare play, and I think uh, it's a big call. But I think much ado about nothing is everyone that's seen its favourite Shakespeare play, and. Uh, it has <clears throat> it is a, it's a story about two sets of lovers, um, ostensibly, uh, and the tricks that are played upon them. Uh, in one instance, for malicious purposes, and in the other instance, for fun. James, do you agree that Much Ado About Nothing is is the best play, <laughs> or would you say that it is a very good play? Um, I, I think of all of Shakespeare's comedies, is the most. Um, theatrical it's got the good guys and the bad guys and you know it it really is a a sort of early model of a romantic comedy you know that will they get together won't they get together oh there's a misunderstanding and they didn't if they just talk to each other and oh everyone lives happily ever after Um, but so what would be your favorite then um my absolute favorite all time is uh is the scottish play um which I don't. I can say, but you can't. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> I won't jinx your season before it begins. Yeah. No, no. Uh, good idea. Um, I, I do love Hamlet, though, for the um, the sort of uh, sort of the universal idea of just trying to find your place in the world, and it's it's got ghosts and, and poison fathers and, and things like that. But it really is just a young man trying to figure out what his life is all about and how he fits in and what it all means and isn't that fascinating that after hundreds of years you know we're still and you could argue even you know stories that were in thousands of years ago we're still as a species dealing with the same crap yeah you know and it's, it's just been playing out in washington dc this very week you know it's, it's exactly the same kind of stuff so yeah um j- just very quickly shoreside theater uh, like i guess most places had a horror here last year um so how do you pull pull out from that how do you recover we had a particularly difficult year um just after lockdown we discovered that uh somebody had removed a significant sum of money from our bank account um that's working its way through the court system now um but it got we were down to our last couple of hundred dollars um and you know as a any theater professional or otherwise in, in sort of lockdown what we wanted to do was put on a show and raise some money and of course we couldn't do that um so we were exceptionally grateful for all of the the people in our community who 
gave generously to a give a little campaign some people gave you know 20 bucks others several thousand um to help us clear our debts um and get us to the point where we could put on another show when we were able to um now our, our sort of midwinter murder mystery season is usually very popular couldn't do that because we were in the middle of lockdown and in fact as we were starting auditions for um, Shakespeare we had another lockdown um, so we were it was all sort of touch and go there for a bit um, but uh, you know we we just really were determined to get stuck in and do what we do best which is put on a show hope that we make some money and that money will be reinvested into putting on the next show and the next show and the next show. It's, uh, you know, I, I understand how devastating a betrayal of trust can be, but the flip side of that is it must be incredibly heartening the number of people who rally round and actually support. So one person has created that, you know, that awful situation, but you've got a community who believes in you. I mean, that's pretty fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think what really struck me, uh, for, for myself as well, but for others, is it's just how much... Uh, a, the community theatre and the community around that, it's not just about putting on the shows, it's about having a place to belong. You know, when you're a slightly geeky, awkward teenager who doesn't really know where they fit in the world, being welcomed into an environment where you're accepted and you're given a chance to try new things and that sort of thing has such an impact. Um, And, you know, it felt it was a really visceral um, gut punch to have that ripped away from you by somebody, Um, but equally heartening that, you know, lots of other people felt the same way and were, were willing to help. Almost Shakespearean. Almost. Almost. And, you know, those theatres back in Elizabethan days were a community focus, just as much as the church was. So there's you, you've proved it. Yeah, true. I'd just like to say, uh, Andrew, just regards to uh, uh, saying some things about uh, our performance venue, the amphitheatre uh, is one of the most special places that you can see uh, Shakespeare, I think, in Auckland, certainly. Um, the Pop-Up Globe was quite a venue to go and uh, enjoy Shakespeare, but I think we've got it over them just for our connection with nature because it's set in a beautiful park setting uh, right on the shores of a lake. Um, we have regulars that come with their picnics. Uh, before the show, they sit on, uh, take in the view, and then they come into the amphitheatre. We've got trees all around the amphitheatre and the, the stars overhead on a sunny, on a hopefully sunny, oh, not sunny, hopefully sunny night. <laughs> I hope it's not. Clear on the clear sky, yeah, night of clear skies. And it's just a beautiful way to, uh, to enjoy Shakespeare. That was James Bell and Jason Moffat talking about the 2021 season of Shakespeare in the Park, which runs from the 23rd of January to the 20th of February, and you can get more details uh, in the blurb accompanying this interview. I'm Andrew Whiteside. I'll be back real soon, but don't forget to share this interview if you liked it, and even if you didn't. Uh, You can visit my website, andrewwhiteside.com, and while there, you can also sign up for my weekly fortnightly or monthly newsletters. Bye for now.